Welcome to Filmstrip. These podcasts are spoiler-filled as we discuss the plots, characters, and themes of the films in review. All content used or discussed in these podcast episodes is the property of the respective owners and used under the Fair Use Act, Section 504C2, Title 17. Welcome in, friends. I'm Jay from the Filmstrip Podcast, and what you're about to hear is a review of Leprechaun Returns, the latest edition of the Leprechaun series. That was one of our big series here on Filmstrip back in the day, and as a soft launch back in with the podcast here, Brian and I decided we would release this to you now uh, before we do our official launch later this spring. Brian and I recorded this as part of a, another podcast venture that I had started at the end of late last year before we decided to bring Filmstrip back, uh, so it'll sound a Similar, but it'll be a little bit different than what we've had in the past, but I think you'll be able to follow along and enjoy the review just the same. So, again, thanks for downloading, and I'll be back at the end for some special announcements. But for now, here's Leprechaun Returns. And we're here to visit an old friend today. It's time, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, it's time to talk about Leprechaun Returns. Released in late 2018 and premiering on the Sci-Fi Network in March of 2019, this movie follows the tradition of 2018 Halloween and being a direct sequel to the original while ignoring all of its past incarnations. Leprechaun Returns stars Taylor Spritler, Cy Bennett, Pepe Sungununga, Mark Holton, and Lyndon Porco as the Leprechaun, directed by Stephen Kostansky. Joint project between Sci-Fi and Lionsgate, which owns the franchise, shot over six weeks in South Africa, and uh, don't know anything about budget or any of that kind of stuff, but... The director originally was brought on board to do effects because that's sort of his bag and he's done a lot of that and really got into it, got the directing job, but also did the special effects on this one. And I guess before we get into Leprechaun Returns, Brian, we need to review our sordid history with this series. Oh, do we ever. (laughs) We decided one St. Patrick's Day, it would be a brilliant idea for us to watch the Leprechaun. Makes sense, right? We'd had Jennifer Aniston as the star, so we're like, I can't be that bad. (laughs) Well, let me tell you, it wasn't that bad. It was worse. And we decided that um, after looking into it, there were several other leprechauns available that we would, every Halloween and St. Patty's Day, release a new review of one of those (laughs) episodes. And we got through them all including the ill-fated Leprechaun Origins that was done by the WWE Films Department. That was just wretched. And now we're back because we found out, what was it, about a year ago, that they were going to be releasing a brand new Leprechaun in the vein of the old Leprechauns, right? Right. Not the crappy thing that WWE decided to do with it, but in the vein of the old Leprechauns where it's kind of a comedy horror movie, if you can call it that. And so we decided that even though we had shut down film strip and everything else, we had to find a way to do a review on this show because, I mean, it's just our bag, right? Right. Well, we j- we've done them all and why not? And as a part of that, you know, I launched a YouTube page earlier this month, March of 2019, and there's different playlists on there. There's the Time Out Anymore Popcorn playlist. There's the Gridiron Breakdown playlist for when I do football stuff with, with some of our friends. And I decided to, you know what? We'll put out some old film strip shows from time to time. So there's a film strip archives playlist, but there's a special one just for the <laughs> Leprechaun shows. All seven of those old reviews. You won't find them anywhere else. You'll only find them on the YouTube page. But if you can go there and rip the audio, knock yourselves out. 
out uh, and, and listen to them again. We'd really appreciate it if you actually would listen to them. We put out the old Leprechaun shows, and I, Brian, i got to be honest with you, it's been a long time since I'd even listened to any of those or, or paid any attention to them because we did those and ended them. I don't know. When was that last Leprechaun? 2014, 2016, something like that? I can't remember. And yeah, It was I, a few years ago, yeah. Yeah, and I just hadn't thought about it in a long time. And so I went back and re-listened to some of those. And I, I, will, I had this grand idea, like, I'm going to rewatch the whole series. And then I was like, well, I'm just going to rewatch the first one again. And I mostly watched this one twice. I didn't rewatch any of them, but I did listen to our old reviews. Uh, and in the midst of, of wondering, you know, what, what we were doing at the time and some of the things we were saying, um, I did remember most of the movies. And I find it funny that neither one of us liked the first one. I think my summation was this movie sucks. Um, and then the <laughs> second one was even worse. And the third one was a decent idea that just falls apart in the end because it's all in Vegas, right? And then the fourth one's in space and it's died. I mean, there's a princess who gets naked for reasons. I don't know. But then, like, they took a sharp turn upward. The In the Hood and Back to the Hood in particular are, like, awesome compared to those other compared movies. Compared to them, yeah. Right. Like, I, I was digging, especially Back to the Hood. Back to the Hood is fun. That is a fun yep. horror comedy. We both liked that one. And then Origins came around, and they tried, to do, they tried to be serious with it. And I understand the inclination there. We've been as dumb as we possibly can be with this series. Why not try to be scary? And they just failed at it miserably. You know, like there was just, there was nothing there. And I think that proves the point. And that's what the, you know, everybody involved with this realized. And Mark Jones, the original creator for a short time was involved with this, realized you can't be just scary with this. You have to be scary mm -hmm. and funny. You have to balance that out. They it's went gotta back. Be campy. Yeah. You've got, you've got to play to the camp, right? And they put a little bit of money behind this. I don't know how much. I mean, there's rumors of like, you know, two million, two and a half, but I gotta say this, like sci-fi has stepped up their game. You know, for years they were like, you know, Sharknado versus Octopus four and, you know, starring Tiffany <laughs> and they still do some of that stuff, but they actually put in like money and resources into producing decent content now. Now that they went from, you know, went to SYFY and, and every now and then they put out some decent stuff. And so I was willing to give this a shot. I had read stuff about it and everything I read about it, Brian, I mean, remember the string of those last ones on Rotten Tomatoes? They were like zeros. You know, <laughs> yes. Like this was like 50% or something. And I thought, well, gosh, this, it was, uh, it's got a, it's got like a 54% approval rating yeah. on the IMDB even. So it's, yeah, it's quite wild. Yeah. I mean, and my, my thought was like either one or two things has happened or maybe both things have happened. One is our tastes have become so diluted that we're just like, sure. We give everything a pass nowadays because everybody's depressed and thinks the world's ending every five seconds on social media or they actually made a good one and so i watched this you know and and thought okay this will be for a fun episode well we you know, were getting our stuff together podcast wise and lo and behold they yanked it away from everything except itunes yeah. and sci-fi network so i ended up written this on itunes to rewatch it for this review and I waited, luckily, for the sci-fi airing. So my airing was the sci-fi airing. So there may be things, obviously, in the in the uh, original film that I didn't get to see because they aren't good for TV. Who knows? But um, the gist of it was there. I watched the whole thing, and we'll get into that. So I, I'm I'm looking yeah. forward to this review. Yeah, and I honestly. I I don't know that I know enough about it because I didn't see the sci-fi version. Cause I, I don't know enough to be able to tell you what the differences are. I don't think they're terribly a lot. I mean, they seem to sci-fi gets away with being able to do some of that because they put it on after prime time and their cable and all that kind of stuff. So I think they went for more of, uh, I don't know, the, 
the the shock factor or whatever you want to call. But I was really interested to see how they were going to do this because I, I read that they had approached Warwick Davis again, and he told him mm-hmm. absolutely not. Um, because yeah, did you hear his reason for yeah, that? He, yeah, he says he's not doing horror movies anymore until his kids are grown, but his kids are like teenagers right. or something. So yeah, it was just a weird a weird reasoning for him to not do it. He's just he didn't think he wanted to do something that his kids he wouldn't allow his kids to watch. Right, which I'm like, well, this well is, what's the? It's this, it's your job. Well, I mean, that, but this is also kind of kitty friendly. I mean, it's not. There's there's a well, few there's things. some there's some gore and stuff in there that I wouldn't really say is kitty friendly. But overall, I think you're right. This is a harmless horror film in most aspects. Yeah, I mean, compared to some things, like you know, you wouldn't let your kid watch like Jigsaw or something right. like that. Yeah, but this, I mean, I this is, uh, I I've. I would say this is on the lighter fare, but I get it. I, I, mean, I understand that's his reason or whatever. But on, to his credit, too, he didn't like have this major flip out about it. He was like, you know what? Go ahead. Right ahead. And even Jennifer Aniston, who I'm going to tell you, not the most discerning actress. Okay. She, nowadays, I mean, I don't know if you've seen some of the stuff she's done the last few years, but it's not like she's turning them down. They actually approached her to like reprise the role. Like they said, could you come back and do like a cameo? And the word is they couldn't come to a financial agreement. And I'm like, no, duh. You know, so right? Like, I'm sure she, I'm sure, look, this was put together so fast. I'm sure they, they knew what was going on with Halloween, that idea. And they said, you know what? Let's, let's go and get our star back. And I'm sure she was like, uh, no thanks. You know, thanks guys, but no thanks. But she did like publicly say, I actually like the fact that you are trying to, play to what the original was about. You're not trying to just, you know, do the leprechaun for leprechaun's sake. Uh, so uh, on that note, you know, she, she wasn't on board to do it, but she was game to let him try. So they, they tried. And I got to admit, I was really curious. What are you going to do? Cause I found out Ozzy was going to be in it. Mark Holton, who I only really know from this. And I think he was on Pee Wee's Playhouse and I've seen him here and there, but he's not an he's actor. He's been in quite a few things, actually. I mean, he's yeah. a character actor. Yeah. He's in quite a lot of movies. So I, th- I thought, okay, they, they got this guy back. I hadn't seen Lyndon Porco. I don't watch Little Man or any of that stuff, but I, I understood like they, they were going back to a design that seemed much more in line. The trailer sounded like. You know, Warwick Davis doing lines. So I, I thought, okay, you know what? I, I can give this a shot. Uh, the lead girl, Taylor Spritler. I, I'm not a big Melissa Joey fan, but yes, I have watched it. I have a wife who likes this kind of shows. So I knew her from that. And I had seen her in a movie called Amityville Awakening, uh, that had, has actually been on the shelf for a while. And it finally came out where you could rent it. And I watched it a year or two ago and I thought she was fine in it. So I thought, okay. This works, you know, she's really like Jennifer Anderson's daughter, but okay, whatever, you know, um, they, they went with it. And the idea of like, it's now a sorority house out in the middle of nowhere. I thought, well, I can't wait till they explain that, you know, and then we'll, we'll get into it. But I went in with the lowest of expectations, but actually intrigued by what can they do with this property? Yeah. I mean, I came in with no expectations, right? My the lowest of low expectations because it's the leprechaun. And <laughs> other than, like we said, the back to the hoods and, and in the hoods, the leprechaun series went and took a nosedive almost every time from two, three, four. It was just, yeah. So I wasn't coming in with any expectations and I came in with an open mind to see what they're going to do here. I love the idea of going back to that house and, and the original setting and coming back with this. And I like the idea of ignoring two, three and four and, 
you know, the hood movies as well, because <laughs> let's face it, they can be ignored. <laughs> oh, and let's also say, like, who even knows what the continuity is, right? Like, we, we even talked about that on the old shows. Like, is this one before this? When does this happen? Like, it's hard to tell, right? The only thing I'm disappointed in is that I'll never get the backstory of the one-armed, one-eyed, one-legged man that brings the statue in to Vegas in part three. Like, I, I still want to know how that <laughs> happened, but uh, I guess, I'll, I guess uh... I'll just have to go on wondering. I'll have to write some fanfic for that. But I, I guess we should do a plot summary. Spoiler warnings. If you haven't seen this movie or didn't catch it on sci-fi, we're about to spoil the heck out of it. So, I mean, if you're interested in watching it, go watch it and then you can come back to the podcast. Or if you don't care, then listen on. But I guess we should go ahead and tell folks what the heck Leprechaun Returns is about. So, <clears throat> as best I can sum it up, Brian. 25 years ago, a young woman named Tori, who was played by Jennifer Aniston, and a group of friends defeated an evil leprechaun by shoving a four-leaf clover in its mouth and throwing him down a well before setting it ablaze with fire. Though I seem to remember there was a slingshot and F.U. Lucky Charms involved in that, but we'll, we'll get there, we'll get there. So today, that property in rural North Dakota is the site of an eco-science project of a sorority from a nearby college. Ozzy, from the original film, is still in town running his handyman business, and he's surprised to meet Tori's daughter, Lila, who, after her mother has passed away, just transferred and joined the sorority's project, along with new friends Rose, Katie, and Meredith. While looking for his cell phone that he dropped while getting Lila's luggage, Ozzy is sprayed by water from the well, allowing the leprechaun to reconstitute himself by busting out of Ozzy's stomach, along with that gold coin Ozzy swallowed 25 years ago. Yes, that's a question mark. What? While the girls and a couple of guys work on the eco-house, leprechaun searches for his lost gold, taking out people one by one. There's lots of killing and mayhem. Rose, who's leading the project, reveals she found the gold hiding in an old beat-up vehicle, kind of like they did in the first movie, and used it to fund the house project by pawning the gold coins in Bismarck, North Dakota, one of those we-buy-gold places. So Lila, Rose, and Katie blow the leprechaun up by making him swallow water mixed with clovers, but instead of killing him, it just turns him into several littler leprechauns, and one of those takes out Rose with Chekhov's Golden Shovel Award before you know reforming into his full self, and Katie and Lila lure him to the basement, led there by the ghost of Ozzy, I think, and set the house on fire, barely escaping before the whole thing goes up in a massive explosion. But once again, the leprechaun is still alive as we see him hitch a ride to Bismarck, presumably to look for those gold coins that were pawned as credits roll, and apparently you smell a sequel. I definitely smell a sequel, Jay. I think we are going to be revisiting the leprechaun in another couple of years. I, I have to say, I don't see that ending happening and them not going back to it. Well, Lyndon Porco, who plays the Leprechaun, says he is totally game. If they want to do another one, he's down. He doesn't even like horror movies, but he is on board. So, so <laughs> well, like he's literally great. scared of them. He says. But let's let's get into this and just talk about the characters a little bit. And I think he's the one you got to start with. He's the Leprechaun. Big, I mean, big little shoes to fill as all the jokes you can make. But it, look, uh, Hornswoggle, or better yet, the CGI that they use for Hornswoggle in Leprechaun Origins was bad. Like we agree Awful. that that was, mm -hmm. that was like a rabid bulldog or something, not a leprechaun. Uh, yep. the, the thing I will say is that it, it would be very easy for Lyndon Porco to do a caricature or a parody of what had already been. And instead I think he finds the voice of the leprechaun and he gets the, all the limericks down. I, I thought he actually did a pretty good job as the green little evil monstrosity. I'm going to say it. I thought he was better than Warwick Davis. Wow. 
I really liked his interpretation of the rep- leprechaun, and I love the upgrade to the leprechaun look. He looks a lot more evil, a lot more disgusting. I really was impressed with the leprechaun actually in this movie, as far as the look and 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 the character that was played. I thought it was good. Yeah, we got to give a lot to Stephen Kostansky again, not only as director, but he's doing the effects here. And he said he wanted to go for a leprechaun that was somewhere between the look of the one and two and three. Um, mm-hmm. And honestly, you know what it kind of looked like? The demon mask of one of the Circle of Thorn at the, the fifth season of Angel, the one that's played by... Uh, Christopher, Ooh. what's his name? I can't remember the red, the red one that uh, is hooked up to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, if mm-hmm. you've seen Angel, you know what I'm talking about. He kind of looks a little bit like that, mixed with the leprechaun. But they've got like the sharp, the sharp saw teeth back, and moreover, I mean, Lennon Porco is Canadian. He's got the 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 accent down. He's got the mm-hmm. laugh. He's got the goofy rhymes, and he does it with the you know malicious glee that the leprechaun's supposed to. I don't know that I'm ready to say he's better than Warwick Davis because it's hard to not think about these movies and not think about Warwick Davis. But I will say this: he gives he gives a really good performance, and I don't think we can discount the fact that this script is miles ahead of anything else that one of these movies has had, maybe since the oh, first one, maybe, yeah. maybe of all time. I mean, uh, this is a, this is a well-written film. Uh, this is by far the best script that they've ever had for a leprechaun movie. Uh, everything made actual sense for the most part. I mean, the, the, the path that they took and everything, they tied things together, like bringing back some things like that old truck or, or whatever it was that the gold was hidden in. That's a tieback to them hiding it there in the first movie. That's something you wouldn't have really thought of. But then when they find it, you're like, oh, yeah, you know, I remember them going out into the field out here and doing all this and that and everything else. And so I, I really liked that. I, I liked everything that they did here. Um, they they wrote a, a very good script um, as far as a leprechaun movie goes, yeah, by should, far their best. Yeah, we should say Suzanne Kelly wrote this, and she, she's done a little bit of acting and things like that, but she's also written a lot on like Ash versus Evil Dead, and she worked on some uh, reality TV and stuff like that. So she, I think she captured this sense of really the youth too. Like the, the girls are totally believable. Their dialogue works. There's some of it that I think is a little much, but they also incorporate a whole lot of callbacks. And I, mm-hmm. you know, if we ever get around to review in Halloween 2018, one of the things that I didn't love about that film was how they went out of their way to talk about how they were ignoring all the sequels, but then they seemed to me to want to repeat a lot of the stuff from the sequels, except the family connection stuff. And this one though, all the stuff they call back to and, and homage to, I mean, even down to, uh, Lila has, you know, different colored tennis shoelaces like Jennifer Aniston did in the first movie and just little stuff like that that I thought, you know, they're paying homage without being hung up on the first one and being completely beholden to this lockstep myth. Cause let's face it, never had that. Right. I, right. I, I'll give, uh, Suzanne Kelly credit for writing a more cohesive thing. I, I don't want to play this more than, I mean, she didn't write Inception. Okay. So it's not, it's not you know, this <laughs> no. genius movie or something, but for a leprechaun movie. And again, in context of its own self, it's pretty good. But, but back to leprechaun guy. I think they figured out real quick, we need to see him a little bit. We need to, he needs to do all the magically evil things that the leprechaun does. He, it's all about getting the gold because in there's the power. And mm-hmm. I think the way he, he moves about everything works pretty well. 
I would agree completely on that. Um, I, I thought it, I thought he did a fantastic job. The voice was perfect. I thought I, I couldn't really tell that he was a different guy. To be honest, I thought he captured the voice great. Um, the the movements and even the points where he was making the rhymes were perfect for what the leprechaun was. Uh, just weird timing on certain lines and you know some really good dingers in there that i thought were were quite funny i the wife and i watched this and we giggled quite a bit throughout this movie at there, some of his limericks there's lots and comments there's lots to laugh at for sure mm-hmm. so uh, going from him lila's sort of our next entry point and i gotta tell you i i like this girl she's actually i mean i liked her in that amityville movie too she wasn't the lead in that but she's a decent actress and i she did a good job of kind of playing playing different. You know, Jennifer Aniston was the fish out of water. She was the girl from L.A. that moved up to the sticks with Dad, right? Mm-hmm. And this girl has spent her life, you know, taking care of Mom for a lot of years now. whose Mom has been sick. Uh, presumably, Dad's out of the picture, and it's not the dad. It's not the guy, the hunky guy uh, from before, because yeah. the, the name God. the names aren't the same. Well, yeah, she ditched Nathan. She, she you'd let me, yeah. <laughs> Let's not go there. But yeah, but she's grown up you know, kind of isolated a little bit. So she's got a different perspective than her mother did. Right. And while she's got some of the same interests, she's into uh, ecology and particularly environmentalism. And, uh, and I mean like in conservation and things like that, because that was something Tori was into. We kind of made fun of her because she's wearing leather shoes and talking about killing cows. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But she's definitely more into that, but she's more believable. And I thought she was funny too. And she had a lot of spunk to her. Like she would sort of give as good as she got. Uh, a few times. I, I do have some questions about her motivation because it seems to change randomly. We'll talk about that a little bit more. But just as a character, I thought she was pretty good. I mean, I, again, the, these movies haven't been loaded with great characters. They've never been loaded with great female characters. So she was a breath of fresh air. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed her acting in this as well. And I thought the character itself was great. And I I really like the motivation for her. And I think the, really the underlying motivation is not necessarily the sorority and, and the eco piece of it. It's to kind of learn a little bit more about all the things her mom told her about. To me, it makes it makes sense because you got to remember that she's got mental issues. Apparently, according to all the doctors, she's kind of a nut nutcase after everything that went down. So she's probably told all of these stories to her daughter, and her daughter just kind of took them as mom's paranoia or mom's, you know, brain not working quite well. And then all of a sudden, the leprechaun appears, and all of a sudden, she puts it together like, "Oh my God, everything my mom has told me all these years is actually true." Well, so to me, it makes sense. There's two things there. Like it, it makes her really smart, which is a good character trait to have. You, you don't want somebody to be dumb as a character. But on the other hand, it, it, I don't know. I feel like I'm missing something here. Cause it, what would have, what would have made this work better for me just to lay it out? Okay. Cause what they want us to believe is that Lila heard all this stuff, but never really, you know, bought it. But now that she sees it, she just figures it all out. What would have bought better to me is that she did believe it. She was she was there because, well, I'm here because I know what's up. And like she has this whole car ride with Ozzy, and he's like, she you didn't tell you anything about what happened up there. Lila should have been like, yeah, she told me. I'm not really sure I buy it. No, but I don't think she did tell her. That's the thing. Really? Like, yeah, I don't think that. Tori actually told her daughter about this house in particular. She may have told her about the monsters and everything that haunt her and everything and all that. But I, I get the feeling that she's there because this was the house that her mom and grandfather moved into. 
and she's trying to reconnect with mom because mom's just died. Yeah, they they do change a little bit. They retcon a couple of things here. One is that the you know it was like a rental before that her dad and her were going up there for like the summer or something, and now it's changed that her dad bought the place for her. And a part of me is like, well, maybe that's just the cover for they both know what happened there, and he bought it just to make sure you know, somebody else didn't stumble upon the leprechaun. But yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I can I can let that go. Like I can forgive that your know, plot point or or give him that one. Yeah, if to, I have to me, to. but yeah, to me, Lila's whole character and reasoning for being there is to kind of try and reconnect with mom. Um, that, cause that mom's actually, just died. I, that actually makes a lot more sense. And I had not read it that way. So that hearing you say that makes, makes a lot of sense now. So, but I think we both agree. Lila's good. Taylor Spritler's mm-hmm. good in the, in the part. Like she's fun to watch, you know, and, and works well as a final girl or she's or a great lead character. Yeah. 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 She's good. Now I, I I'm just going to, I'm going to say something and I'm leaving Ozzy out of this, but specifically Rose, Katie, Meredith, Andy, and Matt, who are our other named characters in this thing. I don't really know that they're characters as much as 3d cardboard cutouts of caricatures. Like each of them has a single trait and they sort of live through that single trait until they're either killed by the leprechaun or, or as in Katie's case, survive. Like, am I wrong there? They all seem a little thin. Well, yes and no. I mean, you you got to look at it like they're trying to get all of the stereotypical sorority girls, right? That's that's what we're going for here. Well, see, that's, to, the th- that's the thing, though. Th- these are not the stereotypical sorority girls. They're in an eco-science project. Uh, okay, yeah. but they're playing typical sorority caricatures, right, in an eco-science world. Well, which is, You've which got is the funny. bossy, yeah. organized, trying to take control girl. You've got the drunk who just wants to have fun girl. And you've got the um, kind of skanky girl. But here's the thing. The, the, the drunk who wants to have fun all the time girl, what's she drunk off of all the time? Like she spikes uh, herbal juice that they make, you know, from cloves and clover and you know leaves uh-huh. and stuff like. So it turns it into alcohol. What's yeah. neat is all of these girls are kind of smart, but they play. It, it, what's What's hard for me to reconcile is that they they have these really smart characteristics, but they play them as the silly drunk, the flirty girl that just wants to you know get with the guy, the the bossy girl who's you know in, wants to be in charge of everything because this is sort of her pet project. Like they, they, and, and have, then you got, and then you got the tag along, and Matt. Matt right, is the tag along. That's right. all he's there. Well, a- Andy <laughs> is Katie's ex, and basically just there to hook up with her again. And Matt is the wannabe director, um, who I only remember for you know all the goofy director things that he thinks he knows, and the fact that he has a drone. Um, mm-hmm. and gets killed by the slowest drone ever. Uh, we'll, we'll get there. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, man. Like to me, I, I didn't need them all to be, again, these are not, this is not a series known for deep character. Um, but I, I, they were a little bit above Master P and his, his group for me. <laughs> I just, I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't really, I'm really buying it. I, I didn't need, but yeah. you know, the thing is, Lila's so good and the Leprechaun's so good. I don't really care either. Like that's the other, like yeah. I realized real quick. I'm I mean, like, I, you're dead. You're I, dead. You're dead. The fact that Katie lived surprised me because I thought everybody's going to be dead except Lila at the end of this. It's fairly obvious. It seemed that way, yes. But I mean, to me, I I guess um, I kind of enjoyed the characters for what they were. I mean, they were they were there to 
be sacrificed. And we all know that, right? right. But you had to have something. And I like kind of where they went with the characters. <laughs> I love the fact that we're bringing the leprechaun into the culture of today with the <laughs> cell phones and the selfies and all that yeah. crap. So I thought that and was a camera great. all in one. Yeah. That's I'll, my favorite line of the whole movie that, right there. That was funny. And the fact that Meredith takes a, a, selfie, and, yeah. takes a yeah. selfie with him uh, right there. What's oh, This is the second movie I've seen in the last year where the men are written and played like the shallow tag along characters that women often are in these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one. Yeah, this was definitely a woman power one. Yeah. Yeah. But the guys are played are played like the arm candy, which is a different twist. Of things. And uh, that's also in a movie called the uh, simple favor, uh, which is also it, how that book is written. Uh, yeah. so, so if you, if you think back to the first one too, though, uh, it kind of was uh, similar. Nathan, Nathan kind of was arm candy, but he like had something going on, but like you had the kid and what, you had Ozzie. painted houses. Well, yeah, but I mean, they <laughs> also, they've I'm also changed on. <laughs> one big thing. They've changed Ozzy pretty big. Ozzy was like under the belief that he needed money so he could get his brain fixed. So at, right. le- at least Ozzy's what? like a normal human being now. Well, is he though? I mean, he still seemed kind of he's strange. Just a, he's just he, he's he stayed slow. in town. He's right. He, yeah, but where the heck else is he going to go? It's everything exactly. he knows. It's what he so, and he seems to be happy. So well. You know. mm. I guess I, I think he, I don't know. Ozzy seemed right to me. I mean, this is a guy who went through all that crap, right? Right. Lived, uh, and basically made the best of what he could do yeah. at, with everything. And he, what, what does he do? He, he's a taxi service. Well, he's and, a handyman. He's, a, he's kind of the everything in town yeah, guy. That's what he. Right. Is. Which of a town of what, like. 12 people. <laughs> well, for all we know. But, I mean, there's the old coffee shop. <laughs> the gas station shop. had nobody there. Right? There's the, the old coffee the shop, shop that's broken down. There's the bus stop. <laughs> I mean, there's enough to keep him sustained, obviously. What I like is that they actually kept, like, the ear damage that he had from the first movie in the makeup continuity. I thought that was that was kind of nice. I mean, you, I mean, again, this is not a series known for continuity. So the bother, even bother with that shows they're trying to do something here. Absolutely. And, and again, Absolutely. I thought he was good. I like the fact that Ozzy wasn't just a just a stumbling idiot anymore i mean he he had a i mean he's simple yes but he's not uh all you gotta do is believe and i can get surgery for my head i'm doing a bad farce gump but i mean that's kind of what he was in the first movie yeah yeah that's true they gave him more to do here than that it's also 25 years later and he could have maybe had that brain help (laughs) that doesn't okay well i'm sitting here about to say that doesn't exist in a movie about leprechauns shut up well yeah but but, i mean Uh, i'm telling myself to shut up so it's an extended cameo with him which i think i kind of knew it was going to be uh I think it's good too. I think yeah. they needed someone to kind of tie it back, other than the leprechaun. And I thought that was good. What's what did you think uh, when you saw the house again for the first time? Well, you know, I, they did a good job recreating it because it's not the same place at all. Uh, but oh, they, no. I mean, they even pull up like a still photograph, which I'm not kidding you. Looked like somebody like printed the screen shot off of their you know television as they were watching. They probably the old movie. did. Probably did. And folded <laughs> it a few times so it looked, but. The fact that Lila had a picture of that, you mm-hmm. know, and so again, I go back to the, I don't, she knows nothing about this place other than, you know, it's been in the family for a few years and now it's owned by the college. And she, I, don't, I thought they did a good job recreating it, honestly. And I, I'll say this again, smart move by the director and everybody here. They said, let's limit the scope of this. Let's do it all around the house. Everything happens around that house, except for the opening scene at the bus stop. Yeah. Which is everything. Which is wise. Yep. 
everything happens um, in the same area that most of the first movie happens, right? Other than right. the stupid hospital trip that the leprechaun somehow made it to in magic time. Right. Uh, well, and, and we don't, we also everything... don't have the pogo stick and the, the, you know, the, the <laughs> buy gold in town place, which apparently is not Bismarck. So yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I do like the fact that they kept it, like you said, in the small area that, but the bulk of the first film was in that area. And I like that they kept this in that area as well. I thought they did a great job giving it the same look and feel as the original one did the well was kept as damaged as it was in the end of the first one, which yeah. I thought was great. Yep. And so they, they've been out there doing all this planting and everything else, but nobody's bothered to put bricks on the freaking well. I thought that was awesome. Well, they don't even have plumbing so, going when, well, well right. They up. have no, like, they have no, no electricity, electricity or anything. It's just yeah. been an abandoned house, which makes sense for what happened there. Right. Right. Exactly. Like <laughs> nobody's going to want to move in there. Yeah. Nobody was coming over there to check that place out. So they, they've done a good job of keeping the, the material right. I thought they did a good job with the house. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I, I was down for the. I thought they house. did a great job with the house. I thought they did a great job with the field mm-hmm. area that yep. they were chasing in the the old truck that they hid the money or the gold in the first time. I, I think that's I think it's the exact well. same kind of truck too. I, if I'm not right. mistaken. Well, I think they they, they totally a, recreated it. So they but, did. But on, did one, on one hand, it. though, like that's really great. But on the other hand, I'm watching this movie as someone who's seen the other movie. You know, a few times now. And sadly, and I'm going, I feel like I'm on a, uh, an amusement park ride at like, you know, Universal Movie Studios where I'm going through the Leprechaun ride. So I'm seeing all of the things that remind me of Leprechaun or, or that were part of Leprechaun, but do they really serve the story? And, and that's a question you all, we can answer as we go through the review. Well, but I think, you know, the way that they did it was well done. Like they're trying to escape, right? Then they get distracted and crash the car. Just so happens to be in the same area that they were in the first movie. I think that's a great way to do it. You know, if you're going to do callbacks to things like that, I thought it was a great way to do that. One thing they didn't call back to, even though they do a lot of comedy and a lot of this is played for laughs and it's, you know, wink and the nod and again, the Walkman and camera joke and all that stuff. There's, there's nothing as silly as the skateboard and multiple shotgun, you know, round that we saw. There's nothing. Uh, there's nothing goofy. Like there's nothing just outright goofy in in the no, movie. They, yeah, I think they tried to make this a little more serious mm-hmm. and left the comedy to the limericks and things like that. Well, it's it's the comedy of being able to wink and nod at itself, right? I mean, again, mm-hmm. the the drunk girl Meredith is like, I'm seeing little people in the. Uh, you know, there's there's a, a miniature person in there who really hates you know certain kinds of music or something like she has some goofy line like that like it's all self reverential and aware and sort of screamish in that way yeah uh, and I don't know that that's the wrong impetus uh, again no. I just I just wonder like can that sustain an entire narrative and I'll tell you where just for me things started to fall apart a little bit we get about. I, don't, I think it's when Mer- we were, we find out that Meredith makes a deal with the devil, almost literally, that once the leprechaun finds Lila and realizes that that's Tori's daughter, he's got some sort of, I don't know, jaws to the Brody's relationship to that girl, and now he must have her. So he makes a deal with Meredith that he, you know, he can get to Lila in some way or another. And Meredith sells him out, and that to me... I don't know. Like that's where it started to fall apart for me, like a little bit. I thought I, I don't know that I buy that. Like, what about you? I mean, well, she's drunk, so it doesn't surprise me. 
I mean, I, I went with it. I thought it was fine. And all he did was say he wouldn't put his hands on her. And I love the fact that he calls back to that and then just starts shooting her with <laughs> sprinkler heads. She, she does get the best death in, in the movie, yeah. I think, with the sprinkler to the mouth. And Basically the, it, stoned to death, yeah. Yeah, that it's shooting at her, though, but it's still like sprinkling at the same time. He was doing the, the interval. <laughs> uh, that, was yeah. kind of, that was kind of funny. Um, we haven't talked about I, guess I do need to talk about, though, how the leprechaun is rebirthed. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, so Ozzy gets sprayed with the water, right, which is, I guess, is infused with the leprechaun. And well, he I, does say, yeah. and he does say at one point that uh, if you don't get rid of the whole leprechaun and one part resists, he can come back, right? Right. So somehow he that, and probably the fact that Ozzy's got this damn gold coin in his stomach for 25 years. Okay. The leprechaun, whatever's left of him, sensed that and was able to get enough power to spray him with the water. Yeah, I, re- I had read online, people talking about it, said, yes, the magic of the coins, because he does drop that the more he get, the more of his coins he gets, the more you know powerful he gets. They've had that in other movies. That's in line with, you know, I, I can go with that. It's the fact that the coin doesn't go anywhere for 25 years. The first time I saw this, honestly, I was like, Really? But now, watching it a second time, I thought, you know what? Okay, if the coin's magical, maybe it wouldn't go anywhere. It just stayed, right? Mm-hmm. And when enough of that water got into Ozzy, got through his pores or whatever, that it was just enough to rebirth the leprechaun. Um, for, I'll be honest with you. The first time I saw this, I thought, oh, this is lame. But I guess they had to bring him back some way. Watching it the second time, I thought, you know what? I kind of like it. It actually works. So I, I give it a pass the second time around. Uh, I don't and I it's have pretty, a problem with it. Yeah, it's pretty gruesome, too. <laughs> oh, it's very gruesome. Yeah. coming out. Yeah, I did you not think need Alien, see... and then it's like Alien plus 10. <laughs> well, it was Alien, but it was also like Nightmare on Elm Street 2. You know, oh, if gosh, you remember yeah. the guy birthing out of the wall, it was very mm-hmm. much that. But it was it's very gross. It's very grotesque. So obviously the gore factor and is the, there. The, the best thing that <laughs> about it is the fact that later when Ozzy appears as ghost Ozzy, I guess you can call him, uh, he's holding his damn intestines in his hands. <laughs> right, like it, he's got to carry him around. <laughs> in the afterlife. He doesn't get off with it. I, oh I, I read that the reason that happened, that, that was not in the script originally, but that the director liked working with Mark Holton so much. That he convinced him to hang around for a few extra days in South Africa and wow. shoot those scenes. Like, so there's really no reason why that, how that ghost were, that is never explained. That is a huge problem for me. Like, I needed something to explain that. And you can't lay it off on the everybody that the leprechaun kills is in limbo until, you know, he's vanquished. Well, then where no, the hell is everybody no. else? Right? Exactly. The, the guy that get cuts in half should be walking around in half. That was a good thing. The lawnmower too. guy should be there. Right. Yeah. All, yeah. all of that, right? Yeah, like that's that doesn't work for me. So, I no. yeah, I yeah, I guess that doesn't make any sense. I, but uh, to me, I felt like it was a figment of Lila's imagination. I guess so because she is the nobody only one else could him. see it. Yeah. yeah, nobody else could see him. She's the only one. So it, to me, it felt like he was a fig- figment of her imagination, and she was just calling back to him to try and remember how to find whatever he he, he mentions to her at the beginning that if anything were to happen, mm-hmm. the answer is in the basement. Right. Which right? what what is exactly in the basement, Brian? The map. To the that's, gold. That's what it is. It's the map to the gold. You're right. Okay. Yes. That's that's what it is. All right. So yep. that's okay. So let let's. Which I don't know if that's really the answer, but well, I mean, <laughs> to me that's the wrong answer. Actually, no. It, if you need to get rid of the leprechaun, you got to give him all of his gold. Here's where to find oh, it. Yes. 
you know that so. that leads me again to one of my favorite pieces of the lore of the leprechaun is that he was a um cobbler right right oh, the <laughs> so shoes? all yeah. these shoes are lying around the house mm-hmm. and uh he sees it and he has to pick them all up of course <laughs> i think he has some line about uh, so one of them wearing crocs and he's like that's a gift of fashion to kill her or something like that so. to get no that's a gift of fashion to get rid of and he tosses them in the trash <laughs> yeah so yeah uh, which is but funny. then again yeah. the other piece of folklore that was really great is when they finally hand him the gold which if you remember correctly and the first one was in this bag mm-hmm. this one's in kind of a, a almost a dish isn't it's, it it's a cauldron it's, it's, it's cauldron, like yeah. it's like the the cauldron from part three which they which also they also I, lay in like that iron will will hurt a leprechaun because as we find out lila's no, wearing a necklace that's, gonna, that's supposed to yeah. look like a piece of his gold but it's actually a piece but of, it's fool's gold yeah. it's fool's gold it's actually a piece of iron which is why it burns him but the pot's also made of Did, iron so. Well, yes. And now, question: Was that laid out anywhere in other in any of the other films? Oh, I can't, yes. I remember it, that. It I was, remember so. distinctly. It's from part two. <laughs> okay. Because they try to well, put him I've, in a. I tried to forget part two very much. So, so I, I listened to our yeah. show, and that's how I know that because I did not. Well, that's it. clever then to so, actually bring that back into the thing. Because well, I was like, why would iron? It whatever. would be clever if they actually played by the rule. They now, they don't. To me, well, so, I guess to me, so. having it be fool's gold would make sense because it's fake gold and he thinks it's right. And that kind of hurts the leprechaun. That makes a lot more sense than it being because it's made of iron. I mean, you're talking about the woman power angle, too. Like the fact that they fool him by putting the gold on top of a bunch of tampons and, you know, fool out with that joke. <laughs> yeah. I was like, really? that also leads to the best scene where he's counting the damn coins again. I love like, when the leprechaun counts the he, money. And he's still shining shoes. He gets blood on his shoes. He's like, oh, gotta get that off of there. There's that. I mean, okay, we gotta talk about how these people get killed off, okay? Because we talked about Andy, who's there just basically to get with Katie. He doesn't screw in a solar panel right because he thinks he knows what she berates him for. Well, this is what you get for mansplaining is basically the rule of this because it slides off the house and does a good bisection of him. And I, I'm yeah, well, always down for a good bisection. It's because, it's because he did such a poor job that the leprechaun was able to flip out the screws that he put in. Right. Exactly. So it's, yeah. but again, he's useless, but that was a really good kill. Really Holy cow. A, a yeah. good, good looking effect for a cheap movie. That ain't half bad, you know? No, not at all. I thought that was a good one. Yeah, you have him. Meredith, as we talked about, gets killed with the sprinkler. We talked about that one. Uh, Matt, the wannabe director, gets killed with the leprechaun jumps on top of his drone that he's been using to shoot aerial footage with, basically, and yeah. slowly comes into him at a tree and cuts his head off. That was that was Here's- the slowest kill ever. Not just the slowest kill, the dumbest kill. Like you had all that time in the world to move move out of the way it did they didn't set up anything that said that he was trapped by the leprechaun to that tree i know it was it was not so well why not move <laughs> i feel like there was like a page of like and the leprechaun uses the drone to cut his head off and they were like i i don't know gonna just, do this? just stand yeah. up against the tree dude we'll figure it out and this is right what, this is what they got it was it was bad that was a bad yeah, that kill. was the worst one by um, far yeah. but he was the would-be boyfriend delilah which you know the, the whole point of that is that she's gonna have to do this on her own we we know that um, or at least not with the help of any, you know, dude. It's going to be from her and and her friend Katie, really. Uh, but Rose actually helps out a lot. 
but then she, you know, they said, I called it Chekhov's Golden Shovel Award. They set that up in like the first scene in the house at night. She's like, that's my Golden Shovel Award for the, 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 the project. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Right. And I'm like, well, you're going to get that in face probably. Like I knew that even then. And sure enough, <laughs> they find a way for her to trip on it and go right through it. And again, Ugh. another very gory death, you know, mm-hmm. um, but. A two-dimensional character killed by a two-dimensional piece of uh, you know, the set equipment. Yeah, uh, yeah and then that leaves our last people. I mean, you know, Kate, again, Katie lives, which I was surprised by, but she gets some shrapnel in the back. But she lives, and and Lila, who's yeah, going to make that, it through it. That looked pretty awful, didn't it? Yeah, looked no. like she had a big spike through the back. And the fact that she like calls uh, it out, like we we should probably go. I'm losing a lot of blood. <laughs> it was like, well, yeah, you're probably dead right now. Actually, you're probably in shot. Like I don't know how you're even walking at this point. But and yeah, that looked pretty nasty. Hella <laughs> explosion. The, I I will give this movie credit for the way they vanquished the leprechaun the first time. I liked mm-hmm. the idea that. We're going to hook up a bunch of the clover juice and we're going to run it right down this sucker's gullet. I actually did chuckle at the, you know, shamrock shake coming up uh, line and, <laughs> yeah. and it blows him up. And I, I mean, I, but I looked at the counter and I was like, there's 20 minutes left in this movie. So what, what just happened? Um, I, I almost wish this was the way that they got rid of him uh, instead of what they ultimately do. Cause the whole point of this is so we can now split him into little mini. Can you be a miniature leprechaun? I guess you can. Um, Apparently, yeah. yeah, and now there's like twenty of them, multiples instead yeah. of just the one. But he reconstitutes back into. Well, himself. I mean, after he kill because as we also learned, the more he kills, the stronger he gets. So once he kills Rose by making her trip on some goo or whatever, that allows him to reconstitute, and that's when mm-hmm. Lila and Katie know we got to get him downstairs because. Ozzy kind of tells us to get him downstairs, sort of. It's very strange. Well, no, I don't think he did. He just told her that the, the answer to well, no, what's but like going he, on he was downstairs. He shows up and it's kind of pointing oh, I there suppose, yeah. or something. So, I mean, again, it's not very clear what is going on with that, but it's it's very strange. Um, yeah. and they get him downstairs and they essentially get all the gasoline going and they light everything on fire because fire kills leprechauns, as we know. And, well, no, obviously it doesn't. Well, it does temporarily. At least let them get away. And it also hit whatever natural gas line they had going into that place because that <laughs> house goes up like the house at the end of Critters. I mean, it's yeah. bluey, son. It, it, it lit up pretty pretty well. And uh, to be honest, I think they were standing a little close for something to blow up like that. But Yeah, they apparently- were. I mean, that is why she got shrapnel damage. Katie did. That, well, she guess- should have got a lot more than that. But Well, I mean, yeah, they should, all, they should all be dead on the ground <laughs> at the end of things. Yes. But that's not what we got. I mean, when, when I saw the thing go up in, in flames and everything else and everyone start to leave, I knew that he wasn't dead, right? You knew that, right? Oh, he was dead from that. Well, no, I I thought this is just the temporary way to get away. The fact that he comes up out of the fire later and then has a sound like Bismarck yeah, or bust. That was a good. That I was thought, great. That was, a, that was a great ending joke. And the fact that they didn't make me wait through the credits to see it, um, I liked. Because I thought yes. if you make me sit through a credit scene, I'm going <laughs> to. If Samuel L. Jackson rolls up in here with a mission, I'm going to be mad. You know, because <laughs> I, don't, I don't need that. Um I like the fact yeah. that he shows up with there. He's sitting there hitchhiking, and someone actually stops and allows him to get in the back with a bunch of chickens. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was going to destroy the chickens myself. But no, I, th- I think he's just like funny. you know. I can snack on one of these before I go to the you know we buy gold place and get my gold back because they <laughs> they actually like tell him where the gold is <laughs> or he he, right. he he hears that some way. So I, at that point though, I'm kind of like, why is he not like okay, ladies, uh, if you give me a ride to Bismarck, we'll call it even. <laughs> you know, <'cause>, I mean, <laughs> because he has to kill, man. He's got an instinct. I, he just needs to kill. He needs to murder. He I, can't let anyone live. 
So like there's a there's a college advisor or something that rolls up at the very end. Um I guess who was supposed to be shepherding the project or something. I don't know. I'm sure his thought is like, "Oh, I'm going to have a lot of paperwork and meetings about this." I mean, I've worked at college for 20 years. I'm We're sure just they're not going to mention I, it. I feel for this guy. He just lost his job. I mean, gosh, I hope he's you know vested cuz this is bad for him. You know, that, that's where uh, I went to. Uh but they blow it up. I mean, they blow it up. They blow the leprechaun up. I I got to say though, man, like I'm with you. I knew the fire didn't kill him. I really like the Shamrock Shake kill though. That would have been a nice way to get rid of him. But obviously they they want a sequel, so I think what they needed to do was Shamrock shake him and then find a way to get rid of all the parts because he's already told them that in order to kill him, they need to kill every part of him. Yeah, and yeah. if he's sitting there gooed all over the room, that's not gonna do yeah, it. Yeah, sweeping him up—that's not a good idea. I mean, he—that's the funny <laughs> thing. The leprechaun will tell you how to kill him. It's very, <laughs> very Scooby Doo in that way, or James get Bond. Rid of every like, part of me. Yes, this is what you must do to vanquish me. Thank you, and then goes and does it. So, um, I don't know. Uh, I, it was okay. I, the laugh at the end was, I guess, kind of worth it. Um, <laughs> overall, though, like what what didn't work about this movie for you? To be honest, not a whole lot. I. <laughs> I'm going to shock you and tell you that this is my favorite one of the whole series. Oh, wow. <laughs> I really thought it was well done. I laughed. I I didn't get bored with it. So, I mean, that's a good thing. I, I, if anything, I thought that the Meredith character was a little bit shallow and boring for they kept making her out to be this like evil witch and then she's just a drunk. Right. Oh, okay. Like, whatever. Uh, I thought that was kind of dull. Uh, but Overall, I thought they did a good job with this. I thought the callbacks were great. I thought the tying it to the original was awesome. And I really like the leprechaun in here. So I don't know that I really had anything that didn't particularly work. I thought the limericks were kind of funny. The, the comedy is good. The leprechaun is, is fine in this. Like they do a very good job with that character and everything else. I think the only thing I rubbed up against was. Just how, I don't know, how two-dimensional some of the side characters were. Though I, now after talking about it with you, I kind of get what they were going with. So it's, it's fine. I, I didn't love the way they vanquished the leprechaun the second time around. The fire sure. thing seemed like just a little bit much. Like the shamrock shake and then let's light the house on fire and walk away. And then we see him come out of the rubble, like told you you had to sweep up all of me or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. and like if he reconstituted like T1000 or something, which is basically what he does anyway. Um, that might have made more sense. And the Aussie, they did leave a lot of gold there for him, at and, least ten pieces. Yeah, right. And then the Aussie, <laughs> the Aussie uh, ghost not being explained at all um, was kind of a problem for me. But yeah, I I, I I get that, but I think the I, I like again. I think that the Ozzy character was a figment of the imagination of Lila the whole time, and just something yeah. that she used to help her figure things out. That's really what I think of. And they were playing into the whole mental health issue with her mom being a part of her as well. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe we can go with that route for Ozzy. I didn't mind it. Yeah. What did you make of the voice actress that they cast to do the Jennifer Aniston callback? Terrible. When the, the, oh, I thought it sounded like Jennifer Aniston. I didn't think it sounded anything like Jennifer Aniston. What did you think of the idea? It sounded like an old lady. Um,. I thought it was good. It's a good way to kind of throw her off her game, which is what he was trying to do, right? Mm-hmm. He was trying to throw her off her game so that she would let him go, and then he would probably have killed her. 
And so where do you, how do you do that with someone like, like Lila? You hit her where it hurts, which is mom. Mom's just died. Like mom has literally just what? died weeks or maybe a month ago, whatever it was. Right. So it's not like this is fresh. And to hit her with that voice, that was good, I thought. I liked her response to it was, I wish she would just die already. <laughs> you know, like she doesn't yeah. fall for it at all. Again, they make she a lot of like characters. She started smart. to, but then realized, mm, this is all bull. I, I didn't read, I read that totally as she is just faking him out. Like I, I never bought okay. for a second that she bought that. So, um, but again, that was a well-written character and well done. So, well, Brian, yeah. I think we're at the part of the podcast where we'll do something like we used to do in the old film strip days. Final thoughts, recommendations, and popcorn ratings. Or for those who are new to the show, the larger the popcorn, obviously, the better the film. Brian, what are yours for Leprechaun Returns? Well, I'm trying to think back here, Jay. And if I'm not mistaken, the first episode got a small popcorn. And then we saw the second episode and said, well, what can be smaller than a small popcorn? <laughs> burnt popcorn right. i mean we went we came up with some really good new um popcorn ratings for this series so we did a lot so i thinking back i'm trying to remember i think the highest we ever gave one was a medium popcorn and that was where the the hood movies i i think this is the best of the series i i really actually enjoyed this movie and i would not hesitate to watch it again, actually. So to me, I'm actually going to give it a medium popcorn, and I think it's worth watching. I don't disagree with anything you just said, that as far as it being worth watching, that it's a good effort. Uh, it's not – look, this is not you know uh, Hereditary or um, Get Out or something like that, one of these you know, elevated horror movies we've had in the last few years. This is really – those are you know tremendous films. But in terms of its own context and what it comes from and then what it tries to do, and even with all my little nitpicks that I had about it and stuff, I got to tell you something. My favorite one is still Back to the Hood, all right, because I mm-hmm. just think that is incredibly funny, all right? It, it, it plays off all the stereotypes, has a good time with it, and then turns them on their head, and it actually works in favor of the protagonist. So I, I will give that movie a pass for that. But this movie – is infinitely more rewatchable than any of the rest of them. I agree with you. To the point that rather than just rent the darn thing again, I just bought it. <laughs> so <laughs> I now fantastic. own Leprechauns <laughs> 1 through 4 and this one. <laughs> I don't even own the uh, hood ones. No, I, I don't know if you can buy the hood ones. That's I think you can get them on DVD from Amazon still. But, oh, there you but go. So, so maybe if somebody wants to be nice to me, they can spend a dollar and send me that. But I'm <laughs> sure they won't cost me. I think we spent a dollar ninety nine on the four pack. Uh, but, yeah. but I, I think this one's not only the best one. This is something to build from. Like I, yeah. I joked with you. Like they smell a, you smell a sequel. I, I think they're going to make one pretty soon because why mm-hmm. the heck not? And now right. that now that sci-fi owns Child's Play or is involved in Child's Play, I think oh, I no, think no. I think we're going to get a oh. crossover. I think we're going to see. Uh, it. So I think we're going to get Chucky. Uh, and do you Leprechaun. like? Do you like those crossovers? Alien versus Predator and Chucky versus whatever and I, Freddy I, versus Jason. I thought I Freddy ugh. versus Jason is dumb. I I and well look the Alien Predator movies are dumb too, but they're dumb popcorn fun. So I will yeah. tell you that I haven't watched them and won't watch them again. Uh there's certainly something <laughs> there. Th- this though I I and I'm just speculating. They may not ever do that. But even if they don't, so what? This movie works on almost mm-hmm. every level. It's it's a fast 92 minutes. You know, it's really only about 85. 
I think Taylor Spritler's a really fun lead. I'm ex- interested to see what she does next as an actress. She apparently is a big horror movie buff and loves these things and said she would be in remakes of Rosemary's Baby until she's dead if she could. Because uh, nice. that that's her thing. So I'm like, you know what? Down for it. Do it. Let's do another one. You know, I, I would be very... And Lennon Porco says he's up. I, I think he's a fantastic leprechaun and it's a lot yeah. of fun. And I may blow your mind here, but I'm giving this a large popcorn. I think it's totally worth it. There you go. Uh, that does blow my mind because I will tell you right now, audience, that the first thing that Jay said to me when he watched this is that's 85 minutes. I'll never get back. <laughs> yeah. So that proves that he sat and watched it a second time yeah. Yeah. after seeing it the first time and actually enjoyed it. I'm, so I'm going to tell go. you, it, on a rewatching, it's a lot more fun. And I, again, mm-hmm. I didn't go in hoping for high art. I think I just watched it and was like, eh, I don't know. And then I watched it again. I was like, you know what? This actually ain't half bad. And it's I, fun. And I, it's fun. and I had fun with it. It was a fun experience. So yes, mm-hmm. I think it's very fun. Again, my favorite is still back to the hood, but it, this is way better than any of the other ones. Like if you, if you never watched the first Leprechaun, I think you're okay. I think you can follow this one just fine. I wouldn't say go back and watch it just because it's not a great film. I'll no. definitely say that. But of all the leprechauns, it's <laughs> it's one of the better ones. <laughs> That's saying something. Um, but just to get your context up, I think it's a good idea to go back and watch the first one and then watch this one. You can skip two, three, and four. If you want to watch the hood ones, watch those separately mm-hmm. because they really live in their own universe. They, they, they're completely in their own universe. Watch those two separately, but watch one – and returns and you're good. That's good enough for the series right there. I would agree with you. I think, I think this is a good way to, to, to follow through with that. And I'm glad we got to talk about this and Hey, if they make another one, sure. <laughs> we'll come back and give it another swing and, <laughs> and see what happens. I just, my only hope is that they may, if they make another one, make it a little easier to get to. Cause I'll be honest with you, like in December, this was everywhere. You know, yeah. you can find it. No big deal. Yeah, Like it was pulling teeth to try to find this. Yeah. And my thing, too, is that these are made for DVD movies, right? These, that's yeah. what these are. So if sci-fi is going to be involved, premiere the damn thing on your channel. Don't put it out on digital on demand crap first. Put it on your channel first. My understanding That's the way you should do it. My understanding was you know, Lionsgate owns the property. Sci fi sure. had the production and distribution rights, but in the wrangling of that, Lionsgate had first crack to put it out on on demand. And decided mm. to do that at Christmas for some reason. And, well, yeah. And, and, there, there's a, there's your problem right there. If you're going to yeah. do it, either do it on Halloween or St. Patty's Day. Exactly. Yeah. That's when people are going to want to watch a horror movies, and especially a horror movie about leprechauns. And the second thing is if they had the, the rights, then put it out on DVD, for God's sakes. Or Blu-ray, I guess, now. So that people can actually buy it. No. I get that we're in a digital age and stuff, but I don't want to sit there and stream the thing all the time. I'd rather have the DVD to pop in. That's me. I, I agree. I, I have it have it available. Yeah, it's the only mm-hmm. thing I can say. Please have the movie available where it's easier to see. And again, I, you know, right now, folks, like if you hang around for a couple more weeks, it'll be on your red box and you know, knock yourself out. Yeah, uh, but it, this is definitely worth seeing. I'm sure Sci-Fi will throw it out there again uh, if they haven't already since we've recorded this. And yeah, I would be curious to find out too how, how it did as far as ratings go for mm-hmm. the the slot that they put it in. They put it on St. Patty's Day at night, 8 p.m. I think Central, 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. Eastern. So it's a it's a good time slot 
for a, uh, you know, it was a Sunday night, so which is a little hard on it, but it's still a good time slot to put it in. I'd be curious to find out if it did a good rating or not, as far as sci-fi goes. I don't know what their ratings typically are. I, I imagine they're not high. They're probably in the ones right. or whatever. But I'd like to see if, if it got a good view, because if it did, that gives them more incentive to do more. And, yeah, I think yeah. it was worth it. Again, I'd be curious to see if they ever do release any financials on it, how it does, because I think it – Look, it seems to be well received. Again, we've joked about it, but it's got it's got incredible ratings on the you know Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb. So people like it. So I'm sure mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll get another one. I just hope they don't go too fast with it to where we get something that's bad. You know? Yeah, they can't go the route that they went with two, three, and four on on <laughs> on the previous incarnation of the Leprechaun. They got to think about it, and I think the wise thing would be to pick up where we left off, have them show up in Bismarck. And have Tori or Lila show up to kind of stop him. Right. That would make smart. Like pick up right where this leaves up, which means they do need to do this one sooner rather than later because, you know, she's going to age out of it pretty soon. So well, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So they got a couple of years. Yeah. They got, they got time to do it. And, and I'm hoping that they will do it that way. So that, that's my hope as well. Well, we both liked it. There's our review of Leprechaun Returns. Brian, thanks again for coming on the show. Tell folks how they can follow your stuff. Yeah, I am available on uh, briansvinylrecords.com or briansvinylrecords.blogspot.com is where my blog is at. I also do a podcast called, yep, Brian's Vinyl Records. And that covers a lot of things from vinyl topics to music. Uh, so all sorts of different things you can find there. Just getting that podcast going, hoping to come up with a bunch of new topics that will interest a lot of people. And Jay, we do a show on there called Tracks, which is a look at some of our favorite albums, track by track. We'll be doing more of those uh, throughout the year, so excited about that as well. So that's where you can find my stuff. Thanks, everybody, for listening to our review of Leprechaun Returns. Again, that's a soft launch back here for the Filmstrip podcast and part of our Leprechaun series. Right now, you can find the rest of the Leprechaun series on our website, filmstrippodcast.com, and we're updating the iTunes feeds and getting ready to have all the other feeds active, and so you'll be able to find the whole series again soon right in your favorite podcatcher. But right now, I just want to say thanks again for coming back with us here at Filmstrip. We've been away for a while, and we've missed you, and we're glad to be back in the podcasting uh, fray again as a, as a core, and me, Brian, Nick, and Ron are ready to bring you a whole new slew of reviews the way we've done for years on Filmstrip. Again, you can keep up with us at on uh, our website, filmstrippodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, filmstrippod. And then look for us on Facebook. We've got a brand new Facebook page. Just search Filmstrip Podcast. You'll be able to join in and see episode announcements. And we'll also do some uh, special things there as well, just for folks that follow us. And we really appreciate your support. As always, Filmstrip is free, and it's for the fans, by the fans. That's what we're here to, to give you. It's a lot of content that we enjoy, and we hope you'll enjoy it as well. So thanks for joining me and Brian on this review of Leprechaun Returns. And we will see you soon this spring for the official relaunch of the Filmstrip Podcast. Thank you for listening to Filmstrip. You can find more episodes on our website, filmstrippodcast.com. Please leave us a positive review and link up with us on Facebook. All content used or discussed in these podcast episodes is the property of the respective owners and used under the Fair Use Act, Section 504C2, Title 17.